After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz in Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Ayyadahullahu Ta'ala bin Nasri Al-Aziz stated, that I will mention some further details in relation to the expeditions that were mentioned in the previous sermons with regards to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu, in order to get an idea of the severe circumstances at the time. As it was mentioned previously, that a total of 11 expeditions were sent, and the details of the first expedition, which was sent in order to crush the apostates and the false claimants to prophethood, such as Tuleha bin Khuwalid, Malik bin Nuwera, Sajah bin Tiharis, and Musalma Kazab, etc., are as follows. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu handed a flag to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and instructed him to confront Tuleha bin Khuwalid. And he instructed that thereafter he should head towards Buta. and if Malik bin Nuwera insisted on fighting, then Hazrat Khalid bin Walid should fight him as well. Buta is the name of a well in the area of the Banu Asad tribe and this incident took place there. According to another narration, it is mentioned that Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu appointed Hazrat Sabit bin Qas as the leader of the Ansar and then placed him under the leadership of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. Hazrat Khalid was instructed to confront Tulayha and Uyena bin Hisan, who had set up their camps at Buzakha, which was a well belonging to the Banu Asad. When Hazrat Abu Bakr handed the flag to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid in order to fight against the apostates, he stated that I heard the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, say that Khalid bin Walid is an excellent servant of Allah and he is one of our brothers. He is one of the swords of Allah which he has drawn in order to fight against the disbelievers and hypocrites. Hazrat Abu Bakr then sent Hazrat Khalid bin Walid towards Tuleha and Uyena 
and a brief introduction of these two opponents is as follows. Tuleha Asadi was one of the false claimants to prophethood who emerged towards the end of the blessed life of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. His name was Tuleha bin Khuwalid bin Nofal bin Nazla Asadi. And during Amul Wafud, that is the year when the delegations came in the ninth year after Hijrah, he presented himself before the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, along with his tribe Banu Asad. Once they reached Medina, they extended their greetings to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And as if they had conferred a favour upon the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, they stated that we have presented ourselves before you. We bear witness that none is worthy of worship except Allah and that you are his servant and messenger. Following this, he said to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, although you did not send anyone towards us and we are sufficient for those who are left behind. When they returned, Tuleha fell prey to apostasy during the very life of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And he then made a claim to prophethood and made Samira his military base. Samira was named after an individual from the people of Ard and it is located at a distance of a day's journey when travelling from Medina towards Mecca. This area is surrounded by black mountains and this is the reason for this place to be named as such. In any case, the general public started following him when he made this claim. And one of the reasons people were led astray was that on one occasion he was on a journey with his people and they ran out of water and people became extremely thirsty. He told his people to ride his horse Lal for a few miles and that they would find water there. And so they did as he told them to and found water. And as a result of this, those dwelling in the villages fell prey to this evil plan. He must have spotted a place with some water beforehand and then cunningly sent them there. And thus, those who were unlettered fell prey to his scheme. In any case, amongst the things he had fabricated was that he removed the sujood, i.e. the prostrations from the formal prayer. In other words, there was no need to prostrate during the prayer. And he believed that he received revelation from heaven and he used to present very rhythmical texts as his revelations. And it is evident from historical references that during the era of ignorance, soothsayers used to present rhythmical texts before people in order to overawe them. Tuleha was also a soothsayer and was deceived by his own imagination. He gained momentum and strength and when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, came to know about his situation, he sent Zirar bin Azwar Asadi in order to fight him. However, this was beyond Zirar's power because with the passage of time, Tuleha's strength had increased significantly, especially after his allies, Asad and Ghutfan, started believing in him. In the meanwhile, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, passed away, but Tuleha's matter had not yet been settled. When Hazrat Abu Bakr was granted the station of Khilafat, 
He prepared an army in order to destroy the rebellious apostates and appointed various leaders for this. And he also sent the army towards Duleha under the leadership of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. These were not merely apostates or claimants to prophethood. Rather, these people waged wars against the Muslims and tried to cause them harm. With regards to who Uyayna bin Hisan was, it is written that Uyayna was the chieftain of the Banu Fazara tribe during the Battle of the Confederates. During this battle, three battalions of the disbelievers joined with Banu Qurayza with the intent of launching a mighty assault on Medina. And Uyayna was the commander of one of those battalions. Even after the defeat of the disbelievers in the Battle of the Confederates, he desired to attack Medina once more as the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, set forth from the city and prevented his attack, thus forcing him to retreat. This was known as the expedition of Zikarad. Uyena bin Hisan accepted Islam prior to the conquest of Makkah and in fact participated in it. In other words, he was a Muslim at the time of the conquest of Makkah and he also participated in the battles of Hunan and Taif. In 9 Hijri, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, sent him along with 50 horsemen to fight against the Banu Tamim tribe and there was no Ansar or Muhajireen companions in this army. The reason for this expedition was that Banu Tamim blocked the arms collector of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, from returning with the arms. And then during the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu, they fell prey to the insurgency of the rebel apostates and pledged their allegiance to Tulayha. In any case, they later reverted to Islam. These people continued to fight against Islam in the past, but after accepting Islam, they began fighting once more. And it is written that when the tribes of Abbas and Zubiyan and their cohorts gathered at a place called Buzaka, Tulayha called for Banu Jadila and Ghos, which were two branches of the Tayr tribe, telling them to come to him immediately. Some people from these tribes reached him straight away and they urged their tribesmen to also come. Hence, those people also went to Tulayha and before sending Hazrat Khalid bin Walid off from Zulqasa, Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala instructed Hazrat Adi to go to his people, i.e. the Tay tribe, lest they be destroyed in battle. Therefore, having reached his people and stopping them at Zarba and Gharib, Hazrat Adi invited them to Islam and gave them a warning. Zarba is the name of a place in the Ghadfan area and it is also stated that it is the name of a spring of the Banu Murrah bin Uf. As it were, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid set forth right after him and Hazrat Abu Bakr ordered him that he begin his missions on the outskirts of the Tayr tribe and then head towards Buzakha. From there, he was to eventually head to Buta. And after dealing with the enemies, they were not to launch an attack anywhere else until they received further instructions. Hazrat Abu Bakr disclosed that he desired to set forth towards Khabar himself, and it became known amongst the people that Hazrat Abu Bakr was going to make his way to Khabar and from there head towards the Salma mountains to meet Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. It 
can be understood from another narration that Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala devised this plan in order to strike fear into the hearts of the enemy when the news would reach them that there was another army, even though he had already dispatched the entire army with Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid set forth and from Buzakha he turned towards Ajah. Ajah and Salma are two mountains. Salma has been mentioned previously and these are situated to the left side of Samira and according to another narration, Ajah is a mountain of Banu Tay. In any case, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid made it known that he would be going to Khabar and from there come to combat the Tay tribe. And thus, this plan caused the Tayr tribe to remain where they were and hold back from joining Tuleha. Hazrat Adi also reached the Tayr tribe and invited them to accept Islam. At this they said that we will never pledge obedience to Abu al-Fasil. They were referring to Hazrat Abu Bakr when they said Abu al-Fasil. Fasil means the offspring of a camel or a cow which has been separated from its mother or been weaned. Because Bikr and Fasil are both names that mean camel offspring, hence some people will call Hazrat Abu Bakr Abu Fasil, i.e. father of the camel calf, out of contempt and insult. Hazrat Adi told them that such a large army is marching towards you that will show no mercy and cause such bloodshed that no one will be left safe. I have informed you and now the rest is up to you. And according to another narration, he also said to his tribesmen that you shall soon remember Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu as al-Fahlul Akbar. Fahl means the male of any animal. In other words, you may now mock and jeer him by calling him the young calf of a camel. But soon you shall have no choice but to call him a powerful male camel. And so, having heard this, the people of the Thayr tribe said that in that case, meet this army that is coming and protect us from it until we are able to call back those of us who went to Buzakha, in other words, to join Tuleha. They stated that we fear that if we go against Tuleha while they are in his hands, he will kill them all or he will take them hostage. It was well known in relation to Tuleha that he would never release his opponents. And thus the people of the Tayr tribe stated that because their people were there and if they went there or he had even the slightest inkling that they had accepted Islam, he would have them killed. Hazrat Adi met Hazrat Khalid bin Walid while he was in Sunnah. Sunnah is the name of a place in the surrounding areas of Medina. And Hazrat Adi said that, O Khalid, give me three days and 500 soldiers shall gather with you with whom you may strike your enemy. And that is better than that you should hasten them to the hellfire. In other words, the people of the Tayr tribe will join you and you can confront them together. Upon this, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid accepted this and Hazrat Adi returned to his people. But before this, they had already sent people to bring back their tribesmen who had gone to Buzakhab. These people sent word to their people within the army of Tuleha that they should return immediately as the Muslims had intended to attack the Banu Tay tribe before confronting the army of Tuleha. 
Therefore, they should return and prevent this attack. This was the plan that they had devised, and thus they returned to their people as reinforcements. Had this not transpired, Tuleha and his cohorts would not have spared any of their lives. Hazrat Adi then returned to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and informed him of his tribe having reverted to Islam. One author has written that it was one of the greatest achievements of Hazrat Adi that he invited his people to join the Muslim army. The people of Banu Tay joining the army of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid was the first loss of Tulayha, for Banu Tay was counted as one of the strongest tribes of the Arab lands. Other tribes had regard for them and feared them for their strength and might, and they had honour and authority in their area and neighbouring tribes were always keen to remain their allies. After this, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid set out towards Ansur, intending to confront Jadila. Ansur is also the name of a spring of the Tay tribe, and people lived by this spring. Hazrat Adi said to the people there that the Tay tribe is like a bird, and the Jadila tribe is one of the wings of Tay. Thus, give me a few days' time. Perhaps God will guide them, i.e. they will reform themselves without the need of any war, just as God guided the Ghos tribe out of its misguidance, and Ghos was the other branch of the Tayr tribe. This is exactly what Hazrat Khalid did. Hazrat Adi went to Jadila and continuously communicated with them until they pledged allegiance owing to Hazrat Adi, after which Hazrat Adi went to Hazrat Khalid to convey the good news that they had accepted Islam and along with a thousand riders from that tribe, they rejoined the Muslims. After the Tayr tribe accepted Islam, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid set out towards Tuleha Asadi. When Hazrat Khalid bin Walid arrived close to the enemy forces, he sent Hazrat Ukasha bin Mehsan and Hazrat Sabit bin Akram to gather information about the enemy. And so, as they drew closer to the enemy, Tulayha and his brother Salama came out to inspect and see what was happening. Salama did not even give Hazrat Sabit any respite and martyred him. When Tulayha saw that his brother had dealt with his rival, he called to him for help in his fight against Ukasha, saying that come help me, otherwise this person will devour me. Hence, they both attacked Hazrat Ukasha together and martyred him as well, after which they returned. In another narration, it is stated that when Hazrat Khalid sent Hazrat Ukasha and Hazrat Sabit Ansari to gather information about the enemy, they came across Tulayha's brother Hibal and they both killed him. However, Allah knows best the extent to which this is true, or perhaps he was wanting to fight them, which then resulted in him being killed, but that is if this narration is to be accepted as authentic, because they initially had gone to gather information and not to fight. And when Tulayha came to know of this, he and his brother Salama came out, and Tulayha martyred Hazrat Ukasha, and his brother martyred Hazrat Sabit, and they both then returned. Hazrat Khalid advanced with his army, and they reached the place where Hazrat Sabit lay martyred. However, none of the Muslims knew what had happened. Suddenly, someone's mount stepped on him, which drew their attention and his martyrdom greatly pained the Muslims. 
and when they looked closely, they realized that Hazrat Ukasha bin Mehsan was also lying there martyred. And this further saddened the Muslims, and they said that two prominent Muslim leaders and two excellent horse riders had been martyred. Upon seeing these circumstances, Hazrat Khalid organized the army in ranks for battle and returned to the Tayyar tribe. There is another narration in which Hazrat Adi bin Hatim says that I sent a message to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid saying that he should come and stay with me for a few days and I would send men to all the tribes of Tayyar and would gather a much larger army than the Muslims who were currently accompanying him at the time and then I myself would accompany him to fight against the enemy. And thus he came towards me. In one narration it is stated that Hazrat Khalid stayed at Urk in a township called Salama. However, according to other narrations, he stayed at a place called Ajah. It was here that Hazrat Khalid prepared his army to fight against Tuleha and both sides met at Buzaka. When the fighting began, Uyayna along with 700 people from the Banu Fuzara fought staunchly on the side of Tuleha. Uyayna and Tuleha joined together and fought against the Muslims. Tuleha had laid out a sheet in the enclosure of his woolen tent and sat down upon it. Since he considered himself to be a prophet, he remained seated in his tent so that he could convey news from the unseen. He told the people to go and fight and that he would remain there to tell them what the outcome would be while they were engaged in fighting. When Uyena faced difficulty in the battle and suffered great losses, he went to Taleha and asked that has Jibrail visited you yet or not? For we are being defeated in battle, yet you said that you receive revelations and that Jibrail will tell you what was going to happen. Yet nothing has come of this and Jibrail has not yet come. Tuleha replied saying that Jibrail had not come and so Uyena returned to the battle. Then when the intensity of the battle caused him to worry, he went back to Tuleha, asking that may misfortune befall you. Has Jibrail still not come to you? He replied saying that by Allah he had not. Uyena asked, in the name of God when will he come? We are soon going to be ruined. He then returned to the battle and began fighting again. Then when he suffered another setback, he returned to Tuleha yet again and asked that has Jibrail still not come to you? Tuleha said, yes, he has come. Uyena asked that what did Jibrail say? Tuleha responded that he told me that for you there is a millstone just like there is a millstone for the Muslims and an event will transpire which you will not be able to change. Upon this, Uyena said to himself that Allah knows that surely such events will transpire which he could not change. He then went to his people and said, O Banu Fuzara, by God, Tuleha is a liar. So let us retreat. Upon this, all of the Banu Fazara stopped fighting and since they suffered defeat, they therefore fled from there. They then gathered around Tuleha and asked what he commanded them to do. Prior to all of this, Tuleha had already prepared his horse and a camel for his wife Navar and so he stood up and rushed to his horse and also got his wife onto a camel and fled with her. He said to his people that anyone who was able to do so should follow suit and save their families 
and they should flee from the battlefield. Tuleha then set off towards Hoshia and eventually reached Syria. His community became dispersed and Allah caused many of them to die. And according to one narration, after fleeing from the battlefield, Tuleha went and lived with the Banu Qalb in Nakka and there he accepted Islam. Nakka is the name of a place in the environs of Taif near Mecca. It is also said that he lived among the Banu Qalb until the demise of Hazrat Abu Bakr The prominent and ordinary people of Banu Amir were sitting near him, as were the Sulaim and Hawazin tribes. Then, when Allah caused the Banu Fuzara and Tuleha to be severely defeated, these tribes said that they would return to the same faith which they had abandoned. And thus, they entered into Islam on their own, saying that they believed in Allah and His Messenger, peace and blessings of Allah be upon Him, and would accept any decision made by Allah and His Messenger with regards to their lives and their wealth. There is a narration recorded in Tariq al-Tabari that after the defeat of the people of Buzakha, the Banu Amir came and said that they entered into the faith which they had left. Hazrat Khalid only accepted their bath, i.e. from the Asad, Ghatfan and Ter tribes, on the same conditions stipulated for the people of Buzakha. Thus they all accepted Islam on the condition of obedience. The words of this bath were, an oath is taken from you for the sake of Allah that you will certainly believe in Allah the Almighty and His Messenger, peace and blessings of Allah be upon Him, and you will certainly establish prayer and will certainly offer zakat, and you will make the same oath on behalf of your children and wives. And to this they all responded in the affirmative. And Hazrat Khalid did not accept the Pledge of Allegiance, i.e. the bath of anyone from Asad, Ghatfan, Hawazin, Sulaim and Tay until they handed over all those who had turned apostate and then set fire to, mutilated or attacked the Muslims. Hazrat Khalid only accepted their Pledge of Allegiance once they handed over to him all those who had harmed Muslims killed them, set fire to their home and burned them alive and then mutilated them. Hazrat Khalid said that once they had handed all such people over to him, then he would accept their pledge. He said that all those who were guilty of perpetrating these crimes should be brought forth. Hence, these tribes presented all such people to Hazrat Khalid, after which Hazrat Khalid accepted the Pledge of Allegiance from these tribes. And those who had inflicted cruelties upon Muslims had their limbs cut and they were also burned in fire. As I mentioned in a previous sermon as well, that the same punishment was handed to them as they had inflicted upon the Muslims. It is recorded that Hazrat Khalid sent a letter to Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu Hazrat Khalid bin Walid tied Qurra bin Huwera and some of his associates with ropes and then he sent him and other prisoners to Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He wrote that after turning away from Islam for some time, 
the Banu Amid had entered into Islam once again. He further stated that I did not accept the bath from any of the tribes with whom we fought or with whom we made peace without fighting until they handed over to me all those who had inflicted various cruelties upon Muslims. I have killed such people and I am sending Qura and his associates to you. Hazrat Abu Bakr also wrote a letter addressed to Hazrat Khalid and it is recorded by Nafi that Hazrat Abu Bakr responded to this letter and wrote Hazrat Khalid that may Allah grant you the best reward for what you did and the success you achieved. Continue fearing Allah in everything you do. Verily, Allah is with those who are righteous and those who do good. He further stated that strive your utmost in the works you do for Allah and do not seek for ease. If you capture anyone who has killed a Muslim, then certainly you should kill them and do so in a manner whereby others may take heed. Those who disobeyed the commandments of God and are the enemies of Islam can be killed if their death benefits Islam. Hazrat Khalid remained in Buzakha for a month during which time he searched everywhere and captured such people and handed out strict punishments to these people according to the instructions of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. With regards to Qurra bin Huwera and Uyayna bin Hisan being captured and sent to Medina, it is written in Tariq al-Tabari that when Hazrat Khalid had dealt with the Banu Amir and accepted their pledge of allegiance, he imprisoned Uyayna bin Hisan and Qurra bin Huwera and sent them to Hazrat Abu Bakr When they came before Hazrat Abu Bakr, Qurra said that, O Khalifa of the Messenger, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, I am a Muslim. Hazrat Amr bin al-As visited me on a journey and can testify that I have accepted Islam. I hosted him as my guest and acted kindly and respectfully towards him and ensured his safety. Hazrat Abu Bakr called Hazrat Amr bin al-As and asked him to verify his account. Hazrat Amr narrated the entire account and mentioned everything that Qurra had stated. When Hazrat Amr was about to mention his comments with regards to paying the zakat, Qurra said that please stop, do not say any more. Upon this, Hazrat Amr said that may Allah have mercy. For this cannot be the case and I will tell Hazrat Abu Bakr the whole matter. And so he narrated the entire account. With regards to zakat, Qurra had said that if they removed the demand for zakat, then the Arabs would listen to them. In other words, for them not to take zakat. Upon this, Hazrat Amr replied that it seems as though you have turned to disbelief already. To which Qurra responded, that then set a designated time for collecting the zakat and we will confer together whether or not we wish to pay the zakat. However, Hazrat Abu Bakr still forgave him. Despite listening to his response, Hazrat Abu Bakr forgave him and spared his life. Uyayna bin Hisan came to Medina whereby his hands were tied with ropes around his neck and the youths of Medina would poke him with date palm branches and say that, O enemy of Allah, did you turn to disbelief after having believed? To this he replied that by God, until this day, I had never believed in God. 
Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala forgave him and pardoned him. Another author writes that Uyayna was brought before Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala the Khalifa of the Messenger of Allah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala forgave him and pardoned him in a manner whereby Uyayna did not accept it. Hazrat Abu Bakr then instructed for his hands to be untied and ordered Uyayna to repent. Uyayna announced openly that he repented sincerely and by admitting his mistakes he apologised and he accepted Islam and remained steadfast upon it. The false claimant to prophethood and rebel known as Tulayha Asadi also accepted Islam with regards for his reasons to accept Islam, it is written that when he learned that the tribes of Asad and Ghutfan had accepted Islam, he also accepted Islam. Then, during Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu's Khilafat, he went to Makkah to perform Umrah. And when he passed by Medina, Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu was told that Tuleha was passing by. Hazrat Abu Bakr said, that, What can I do? Leave him alone. Undoubtedly, Allah the Almighty has guided him towards Islam. Tulayha went to Makkah to perform Umrah and during the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar anhu, he pledged allegiance to Hazrat Umar. And when he came to pledge allegiance, Hazrat Umar anhu said to him that you are the killer of Ukasha and Sabit. By God, I will never warm up to you. Upon this, Tulayha responded that, O leader of the faithful, why do you worry for those two individuals whom Allah the Almighty bestowed honour through my hands? In other words, they attained martyrdom. And he did not let me be disgraced by them. In other words, he was not humiliated and killed by them in the skirmish, thereby condemning him to hell. He then stated, And today I am attaining the blessings of Allah owing to have accepted Islam. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala who accepted his pledge of allegiance and said, Listen here, O you deceitful one. Do you still practice soothsaying? He replied that I only practice some elements of it occasionally. He then went towards the houses of his tribe and remained there. During the battles in Iraq, Tulayha achieved great feats in the battle against the Persians. After becoming a Muslim, he fought in the battles in Iraq and fought extremely well and was martyred during the Battle of Nahavand in 21 Hijri. Then, with regards to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid's expedition towards Zafar and Umm Zimal, Salma bint Umm Qirfa. Umm Zimal's name was Salma bint Malik bin Huzaifa and bore resemblance to her mother, Umm Qirfa bint Rabia, with regards to her honour and popularity. She also possessed the camel of Umm Qirfa. Umm Qirfa's name was Fatima bint Rabia and she was the leader of the Banu Fuzara. For her courage and her security arrangements, she became a proverbial expression. Fifty swords would always be hanging in her home, and fifty men equipped with swords would always be present, and all of them were either her sons or grandsons. One of her sons' name was Kirfa, and hence she was known by the title of Umme Kirfa. However, her actual name was Fatima binte Rabiya. Her house was situated beside the valley of Qura, 
which was at a distance of seven nights' travel from Medina. A military expedition was sent towards Umm Kirfa in 6 Hijri. One of the reasons to subdue her was because she had conspired to attack Medina and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. In relation to this, an author has written that on one occasion she prepared an army of 30 consisting of her sons and grandsons and told them to go and attack Medina and kill the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Hence, the Muslims sought revenge against this woman who sought to instigate evil. Another reason for this expedition was that Hazazad bin Haris travelled towards Syria and was also taking the trade goods belonging to the other companions. When he reached the valley of Qura, many men from the Banu Badr, which was a branch of the Banu Fuzara, came out, and they severely beat Zaid and his companions and took away the belongings. And so upon returning, they informed the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, sent an army to punish them. The incident regarding Umm Kirfa's daughter, Umm Zimal Salma, is that when some of the people from Ghatfan, Teh, Sulaim and Hawazin, who suffered defeat at the hands of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid in Buzakha, and then fled to Umm Zimal Salma bin Malik, they took an oath that they would be willing to sacrifice their lives whilst fighting against the Muslims, and they would not retreat. Those who had suffered defeat from amongst the Ghatfan all gathered at Zafar, Zafar is the name of a place situated between Basra and Medina and it is nearby Hawab which is also located between Medina and Basra and there is a well nearby and it is named after that. It was at this location that Umm Zimal Salma impassioned them over their defeat and ordered them to fight. She then travelled to various tribes and instigated them to attack Hazrat Khalid bin Walid to the extent that they all rallied around her and were ready for war. Thus, she was the one who was instigating them to fight against the Muslims, and all those who had strayed from the right path gathered with her. Prior to this, in the lifetime of Umm Kirfa, Umm Zimal Salma was imprisoned and came before Hazrat Aisha ta'ala anha, and Hazrat Aisha ta'ala anha then freed her. She stayed with Hazrat Aisha ta'ala anha for a short period of time and then returned to her people and became an apostate. Hazrat Khalid heard of this, while he was engaged in apprehending the criminals and the distribution of zakat, propagation of Islam and the procurement of comfort for the people. He came forward to fight against Umm Zimal Salama, whose power and influence had grown considerably and this matter had greatly escalated. Hence, Hazrat Khalid advanced towards her and her troops and a severe battle ensued. At the time, Umm Zimal Salama was mounted on her mother's camel with great pride and both armies clashed in a fierce battle. While seated on her camel, Umm Zimal Salma continued to incite her army with provocative words, and the apostates put up strong opposition. The camel of Umm Zimal was surrounded by 100 camels mounted by brave warriors who were fearlessly defending Umm Zimal. The Muslim forces made every effort to reach Umm Zimal, but every time her defenders would push them back, after having defeated all 100 cavaliers, the Muslims were finally able to close in on the camel of Umm Zimal. 
As soon as they arrived, they hamstrung the camel and killed Umizimil. When her accomplices witnessed her camel fall and her being killed, they lost the will to fight, and in a panic, they began to flee from the battlefield dejected. In this way, the flames of this strife were extinguished, and the upsurge of apostasy and treachery in the northern western region of the Arabian Peninsula came to an end. Hazrat Khalid then sent word to Hazrat Abu Bakr of this victory. Inshallah, God willing, I will narrate more accounts about Hazrat Abu Bakr in the future and we'll conclude it here for today. At this time, I wish to mention about two deceased members and will also lead the funeral prayers in absentia after the Friday prayers. The first mention is of Sabira Begum Sahiba, wife of Rafiq Ahmed Bhatt Sahib of Sialkot, who passed away a few days ago. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Verily to Allah we belong and to Him shall we return. By the grace of Allah the Almighty, she was a Musia and her son has written about her that she was regular in her prayers and in offering tahajjud. She was devoted, hospitable and would look after the poor and was a pious woman. She had a deep bond of love and devotion with Khilafat. She would regularly listen to the sermons with great attention. She held great regard for life devotees of the Jamaat. Her son, Naseem Bhatt Sahib, is serving as a missionary in Kayuna, Nigeria. Due to being in the field of service, he was unable to attend the funeral prayers and burial of his mother, and for this reason I am leading her funeral prayers. Her whole family, including her husband, sons and grandchildren, are very active in their services to the Jamaat. The second funeral prayer is of Suraya Rashid Saiba, and she was the wife of Rashid Ahmed Bajwa Sahib. She passed away on 20th April in Canada. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Verily, to Allah we belong, and to Him shall we return. She was also a very pious and righteous woman. She was very devoted. She would look after the poor. Was very hospitable and very friendly. For a long period of time, she had the opportunity of serving as local Sadr Lajna. She also had the opportunity to teach many children the recitation of the Holy Quran. And then for the sake of her children's education and upbringing, she sold everything she had and built a house in Rabwa. Perhaps she did not construct a house, but she relocated to Rabwa. She was a Musia, and her son, Safir Bajwa Sahib, is also a missionary serving in Rabwa. And he could also not attend her funeral prayers. One of her daughters is also married to a missionary. We pray that may Allah the Almighty bestow his forgiveness and mercy upon the deceased. And may he enable the future generations to keep these virtues alive.